What are kids really thinking and feeling? Sometimes it's hard to know. The thousands of letters and emails kids send to Highlights Magazine every year help us keep our finger on the pulse of kids. We think they can also help you. So each week on this podcast, we share a few of the messages we've received from kids and we discuss them with an expert. Lean in and listen to learn what kids want their grown-ups to know about being a kid today. I'm Christine French-Cully, and you're listening to Dear Highlights. Dear Highlights, I have a problem controlling my temper at night, and I miss I my cats. I get keys for my cats. Dear Highlights. This pandemic year has been a challenge for all of us, both kids and grown-ups across the globe. For some families, the year was filled with disappointments and inconveniences, mostly survivable. Other families have been more deeply affected. Our hearts go out to those who lost loved ones or who had to cope or who are coping with serious illness related to the coronavirus. We remember too those struggling financially from loss of income or even loss of their jobs or their homes. If any of this describes you, listener, we hope you are finding the support you need. This has also been a year that took us by the hand and led us to a new, better appreciation of our everyday heroes, our teachers, healthcare workers, scientists and researchers, and parents, especially mothers. Today, we're doing something a little different on this podcast. We're honoring some of the greatest of those unsung heroes, mothers. And we're doing so by sharing some of what kids have said to us about their mothers. I'm joined today by a hero mom, Chantelle Grant, our editor of Reader Mail at Highlights. Chantelle oversees the management of all the correspondence we receive from kids, making sure every communication is seen by all the right people and that every child receives a thoughtful reply, sometimes a reply she's written herself. A former teacher and a mom of three young daughters, She has been immersed in the world of kids and families for a long time, and I'm really happy she agreed to join me in this mini tribute to moms. Welcome, Chantel. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on to celebrate moms. I'm delighted to be here with you to share with all our listeners some poems, as you said, and letters that we've received from our readers. So excited. Well, being a mom is easy peasy said no mother ever. Right, right, right. (laughs) But oh, this year has stretched moms like never before. All the changing roles and responsibilities. I mean, suddenly parents found themselves running a homeschool. When the daycare centers shuttered, many moms were still expected to work like a pro from the kitchen table with young children at their feet. So many women made the tough decision to drop out of the workforce altogether because that was the best way they felt they could care for their kids. And I'm sure you had to make some major adjustments in your home this past year. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, you know, um, can relate to all of that. And I've seen it happen. And I have three sisters and um, each one of them have had to juggle different responsibilities and take on different hats. I've seen it with my friends. Um, For myself, I think that I had to be a uh, PE was the thing that was not my thing. It was the class that I kind of did not want to go to, but I've had to be a PE teacher and the coach and, <laughs> you know, all of those things. So it has stretched. I think that your word stretched is so appropriate. 
um, because I think that it does kind of help to demonstrate for us what moms have had to go through this year. Yeah. And we didn't even talk about the extra laundry, the extra cooking and all the extra dirty dishes and just keeping the family in masks and hand sanitizers and for a while, even toilet paper. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We were toilet paper hunters, you know? (laughs) And through it all, you moms were also helping kids cope with their disappointments and worries trying to make some good pandemic memories while sheltering safely at home, working to reassure kids that they will continue to be loved and cared for, and saying, in your own words, this too shall pass. Absolutely, yes. Yes, well, we we have a a poem, um, Chris, that speaks to the heart of what you're saying um, that I can share. Yeah, let's get right right to it. it. All right. So this one is from Ashlyn, who's nine years old, and her poem is called Appropriately, Coronavirus Concerns. Kids, coronavirus and concerns are changing the way we learn. I still love to read, write, and learn, but at this moment, it is a real concern. Math is not my favorite lesson. It's no confession, my mom's a teacher. And this is a feature. She's a permanent guest reader. Work and play all day, but I still love school anyway. (laughs) That is so great. Yeah. I think uh, Ashlyn did a pretty great job summing up uh, the reality of so many kids and and moms who have all been forced into a, a different way of learning and a different way of being and responsibility. And I I like this poem because you talked about stretch and just the different stages. And this one kind of resonated to me because it it shows that moms are in it right there with their children. We're in it together. It will pass and we're in it together. So I really liked it. And it it just showed that, hey, my mom's now the teacher and she's the permanent guest reader. I know. I love that line. I love that line. She's, you know, I I liked the fact that Ashlyn was able to recognize in her mother doing something that was outside of her will box um, as, as kids have had to step outside of their comfort zone and their will box too. And, and mom's just stepping in and showing up for their families in huge ways makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This one also um, ties Chris with a letter that we recently got just this week um, from a writer, her, a reader, excuse me, her name is Amber and she's seven. And she was lamenting about all the things that she missed in her pre-COVID life, the playgrounds and the pools and being able to just go to her friend's house. And she says at the end of her letter, she says, but I get to be with my mama every day. She plans fun things for me. I'm so happy she is my mama. And I just love that because I love the butt of it all. Like all life has changed and there's been, as you said, disappointments. But I think that the children um, are showing us, right, that there is this butt also that they are experiencing. But mom is stepping in, you know, keeping things going and making life fun and and showing up in roles in ways that maybe she didn't want to or didn't think she would before. So Yeah, that's right. I think moms did a really good job of trying to find the silver lining in these circumstances yeah. and creating for their kids 
some happy memories during this time of being cooped up together. And I think there are some things that moms and kids alike and dads too are going to miss when um, life goes back to some semblance of normal. Exactly. Yeah, that's a wonderful letter. Yes. Thank you, Ashlyn and Amber. Um, do you want to hear another one? Sure. Another poem came, uh, comes from comes from a, a child who is writing. It's a very short poem. I say this one packs a punch. Um, the uh, writer is 10. Um, the poet is 10 and her name is Hyas. And the poem is called My Mother. My mom is the one person that cared for me since birth. Her kindness and her ethics make her my role model. Mm, that one's deep. That one is deep. It's short and it's deep. Um, and I, I just, I love the fact that she says her ethics, what, what her mom stands for, makes her uh, her role model. So I loved it. And I think especially during this time when, when a lot of moms and dads have been probably in survival mode, you know, not thinking that they're showing up in their best way. We don't have it all together. Everything has been new. I think in moments like that, you may not feel like a role model. But I love that, you know, um, being able to step into how maybe your children see you. You might see yourself one way, but it, but your children sees maybe a truer part of who you are, a different part of what you're able to see with yourself. And it's a reminder that our kids are always watching us. Yes. We often talk about how some lessons are taught and some lessons are caught, and they're caught by kids observing us and, and watching. And, and they are like sponges. So, you know, the, the moms who are able to sort of stay calm and, and regulate their own emotions uh, had children who were also better able to regulate their own emotions. Uh, we heard that over and over. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's beautiful. It's so, it's so insightful of that child. What else? Well, we, we have, have we have a couple more. We have another poem that's also titled My Mother. And this one is um, by poets, a young poet named Teresa, who's 12. My mother says she doesn't care about the color of my hair or if my eyes are blue or brown or if my nose turns up or down. It really doesn't matter. But if I cheat or tell a lie and do mean things to make folks cry and do not try to do what's right, then that does really matter. It's not one's looks that make you great. It's character that seals your fate. It's what's within your heart, you see, that makes or mars your destiny. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one um, does leave you with wow, right? I'm trying to imagine how that mother must have felt when her daughter presented her with that poem. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's it's kind of every mother's dream that your kids will hear you when you talk about inner beauty and what's inside yeah. being the thing that counts the most. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm right along with you. I was just really struck that... Um, that there's just this clear kind of understanding that, you know, her mom or just sense that my mom knows what's important, what's not important, and is, is parenting and loving her and nurturing her from that, from that place. And, and how she's able to know kind of like, or, or tying back to what you said earlier, catch, right? 
what's important and what's not important. And how much healthier, you know, this young child will be able to move through the world because she knows that, because that's what her mom is teaching her. Um, such a celebration and honoring, you know, I know that this one put a big smile on her mom's face. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It, it is. It is. And I think it's the hope for every like parent, especially mom to, to, I often tell my girls, I say, you know, I want you to remember what I cared about and how I treat people. Like, that's what I really want you to hold on is what are the things that I really cared about? And how did I treat people? And I think this poem kind of helps to capture that. You know, it's one of the reasons why I chose it for this, um, for this, for this podcast today. I think it's great. All right, let's see. This one is a topic that is um, one that's near and dear to my heart, Chris. I don't know about you and uh, how it went. In your, I'm, I'm actually curious for you to share with me how this ne- next topic went when your kids were young, but it's the topic about bedtime. So I have a couple bedtime um, poems I'm going to, re- you know, we're going to listen to. The first one is called Time for Bed. It's by Owen, who is eight. It's time for bed. Time to put my covers over my head. I say two more minutes, but my mother replies, Go listen to the crickets. I lie in my bed, not a thought in my head, and I fall asleep as the crickets peep. And our second bedtime poem is from Sophie, who's 11. The moon shines silver on the bed where a little child rests her head. The scars sweep over in the night while mother's lullaby sings goodnight. So... Bedtime. Bedtime in my household. It's hard. It's hard. It's a it's a hard it's a hard time. I marvel at my friends who are able able to easily kind of like peacefully get their kids to bed. But for my husband and I, we have a, a lot more in common with comedian Jim Gaffigan, who says bedtime for parents equals hostage negotiations. It's this kind of crazy <laughs> like negotiations. One a few more minutes, like our poet Owen said, or more water, or another hug, or another story. Um, but what one of the reasons why I love uh, both of these poems is because they captured kind of the calm that I think you do get to at bedtime that makes it all worth it. That time where you just have a few of those moments of quiet together, where everyone's heart rates just kind of settle down, and it's peaceful and it's calm and you know, you realize like, wow, we're all here together and we're having this moment together before, you know, we say uh, good night. So it made, it's like, it's worth the chaos and and the struggle like on my end. How's bedtimes in in your household when your kids were young? Yeah. Well, bedtime is such a special time for families, I think, or it can be, you know, a time where you can have um, some conversation and just some really it's, it's just a really good opportunity to connect with your children. I was lucky. My kids were good sleepers, and I don't remember a lot of um, too much chaos when they were young about trying to put them to bed. But I do have a, a one sort of salient memory of bedtime with my daughter, and it really changed um, how I viewed parenting after that. I, I can't remember how young she was, but she was you know, in, in early elementary school. And um, I'd had a long day. I was a single parent. Um, I probably hurried through 
the the bedtime story we had a habit of always reading at night uh, both with both of my kids uh, i was probably multitasking as we were saying our good nights and tidying up you know picking up the toys and clothes off the floor that kind of thing i wasn't really being fully present and she was trying to tell me that she'd had a hard day and i remember um as I was about to turn off the light, she looked up at me sadly and said, you know, grown-ups just don't understand what it's like to be a kid. And it just stopped me in my tracks. And I, and I had this epiphany. I mean, I'd had it before, but I was reminded that this was a time where we could really just pause and look each other in the eye and have some real time to connect and to talk about what's important, especially if your child was needing and wanting to do that in that moment. And I've never forgotten that. And I think about it a lot when I answer kids' mail or, or even when uh, I have the privilege of putting other people's children to bed, which I get uh, that privilege from time to time. So I, for me, bedtime is really special. And I think it is an opportunity um, for parents to check in with their kids and see how their day is going and try to find out if something is bothering them or if they're struggling with something. Um, That's great. That's great. That is, uh, you're encouraging me to focus more tonight on bedtime. I thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, for some families, there are other times that work that way, you know, times together in the car or, you know, I think whenever. Uh, kids want to connect with their parents. It's a good time to pause and pause and listen and, listen and, be, and be present. I don't know. I like crickets and I like silvery moons and I love those two poems. Yes, those are great. I love elevating kids' voices in this way. Hearing kids in their own words talk about the influence their mothers have on them. It's really lovely. Well, I think that um, I think we have one more poem. This is from Gracie, who's ten. And it's called A Mother's Love. A mother's love is like an eternal flame that will never go out. It is like warm cocoa on a cold, rainy, and foggy day. She hugs you like a blanket is wrapped around your soul, keeping the love inside. A mother's love is true, passionate, strong, a bond that can never, not ever be broken. That's just full of wonderful metaphors that uh, beautifully explain what it's like to be loved unconditionally. And that's a message kids need to hear over and over again. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just love this, uh, the, this truth that in this image that this poem captures is that it's just, it never, not ever can be broken. And, um, and what, what a great thing to know you know, and to experience the love like that. I think it's an ultimate gift and, and treasure, right. ultimate gift and treasure. And, you know, I think sometimes we parents are so hard on ourselves when we make mistakes, um, but um, they're just that, they're just mistakes. And, and when we parent consistently and we tell our children, you know, that we love them and, and we lean in and listen and, and work to be fully present in the moment, that we do create that sort of secure feeling of being loved unconditionally in our kids. You know, this year, uh, so many parents had to bravely navigate the white waters of the pandemic. And, you know, maybe you didn't do it perfectly. Maybe you tipped over a few times, but you climbed right back in the boat. And we want parents to know that um, 
here at Highlights, we see you and we think you were fierce. Oh, yes. <laughs> we think you were fierce. Um, it was it was really great to hear um, kids voicing the poems of other kids. Yes. We want to give a warm shout out to uh, those kids who did read the poems. Parker, Anna, Niera, and Lourdes. Thank you so much for um, giving voice to these poems for our podcast today. And Chantel, happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day to you too, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, grandmothers, and stepmothers who may be listening. Uh, Parenting sometimes may feel like a thankless job, but we hope hearing kids talk about your influence in their lives uh, is a reminder of what a privilege parenting is. And I also want to take a moment to remember all the women who love children and would-be mothers, if only their circumstances allowed it. I raised two children, one is adopted, and I always take a moment on Mother's Day to remember my son's birth mother, to whom I'm so grateful for making the selfless decision to let me raise her baby when she could not. If our children are lucky, they have many, many women in their lives who lean in to listen to them, to help them see that they matter. From all of us at Highlights, a heartfelt thanks to all the women who recognize that children are the world's most important people and who, in their own unique ways, help nurture them and help set them on the path to becoming their best selves, curious, creative, caring, and confident. This podcast is an extension of the book, Dear Highlights, What Adults Can Learn from 75 Years of Letters and Conversations with Kids publishing this August and available for pre-order now everywhere books are sold. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to help us reach more grown-ups who care about kids. And if you'd like to send a comment or suggestion to me directly, please email me at christine at highlights.com.